Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. We're beginning a series today called The Story of Christmas. I want, I, want to, I want to breathe into you today, I want to breathe into you the spirit of Christmas. I don't want you to wait to December 22nd, as I said earlier, to begin to experience the spirit of Christmas. And so, this through, so for the next several weeks through Christmas, we're going to talk about the Christmas story. You know, I mean, like, I, th- I think it's Christmas, I think we need to know about Mary and Joseph and all of that, don't you? Wait a minute, there's three of us, I think. Listen, God let that, God let that miracle happen so, it could, so that we could draw the truth from it. You understand that some people just hear the Christmas story and they say, oh, I've already heard all of that. No, 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 no. You may have heard all of that, but did you get all of that? And, and what I want to do through the Christmas story is try to show you principles from God's Word of what happened in the Christmas story that correlates with our life today to make it better. You know, I want your lives to get better. I want to get better, don't you? I say every year, you know, I think that, I think that Rhonda deserves a better husband, so I think I'll get better. I, every year I always say, you know what, I believe this church deserves a better pastor, so I think I'll just get better. And so I, whatever area in your life, I think we've got to get better. And we do it through getting God's Word. So the story of Christmas, I want to start off today with the wise men. Last, I think last year I did a lot of background on who they were and all that, so I'm not going to do that this year. But they were called wise men because they were respected. They were people that were people of authority. And so they had it together. And what I want to tell you from this story, that what, the one thing that we want to learn from their, their lives and their story is I think the Holy Spirit wants us to get today is this, is that wise people seek Jesus. Would you say that with me? Let's say it. Ready? Wise people seek Jesus. Let's say it again, everybody. Wise people seek Jesus. They were seeking to find Jesus. We, we're in agreement with that, I think. Is that, you know, that they saw this star, they were, they were looking for the Messiah, and so they, they ended up, they followed the star all the way into Jerusalem, and so they were there seeking Jesus. So I want to ask you a question, everybody. What does wise people do? That's your part today. If you don't get anything else I say today, if you will get that, <clears throat> and you'll be wise, it will, it will elevate your life, it will change your life. And so I want to share four things with you today on how to find Jesus. Because the wise men were searching for Jesus, but I want to talk to you about how to find him. So before I go on any further, I want to ask you again one more time, what does wise people do? Seek Jesus. Seek Jesus. The story opens up, and we'll find it, is that it opens up, and the wise men have been traveling. They've been following this star. 
And then they come to, so since a star went to, it got them to Jerusalem, and it sort of went out. And so then they, the obvious thing was that if it's going to be a, a person of royalty born, then we should surely go to the, to the, to the, uh, to the castle where the king lived. You know, it was like this big empire. So we would go to where the king would live. And that's exactly what they showed up to do at Herod's place. And so I want to give you four things today to help you find Jesus. The first one is this. If you're going to find Jesus, number one, you must look for Jesus. Would you write that down? Look for Jesus. We pick up the story in Matthew 2. It says this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, okay, that's another word for the wise men, from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. And so what I want you to know is this, is that wise men, wise men seek Jesus. And they were seeking Jesus, but what was amazing to me is how that Herod and the religious people of that day, they didn't see Jesus. They didn't see him. They, they weren't looking for him. See, they were so interested in maybe hearing about the Messiah, learning about the Messiah, that they stopped looking for the Messiah. Excuse me. (coughs) See, I wasn't lying last week, right? And by the way, it's not COVID. So it's amazing to me how that these people missed it. They weren't... They were learning about Jesus, teaching about Jesus, but they weren't looking for Jesus. You will never find Jesus if you stop looking for him. It's, it's amazing. We see what we look for, right? It reminds me of a story that I read a couple of years ago, and it was so intriguing to me. I want to share it with you. A lady by the name of uh, Diana Aiden, she tells a story of how that her pastor was preaching on a Sunday like this, like I'm doing to you. And he shared a story about how that his friends, uh, his friend he worked with at that time, was, uh, was a guy that was just a little bit out there. He said he seemed a little out there to me because everywhere we would go, he would say, would you look at God? Said he said that all the time. Said we would draw, pull into a Home Depot parking lot and we would get a space up close to the door. And that he said, my partner would say, "Would you look at God?" And he said, he said, you know, he said he would walk across the parking lot and he would find a quarter on the ground. He'd pick up that quarter and say, "Would you look at God?" He said, it just all the time, said, we'd go in and we'd find the lumber that we was going to buy to be on sale. And he'd say, would you look at God? He said, it'd drive you crazy. Said, we got to the cash, we'd go to the cash dresser and we, we'd, we'd pay for our item. And when he did, the lady would say, you saved 20% today. And she'd hand him a receipt. He'd hold the receipt up in front of everybody and say, would you look at God? Drive you crazy. Diana said she, she could agree with the pastor how that that could get annoying. And she and her daughter left church that day, and they went to eat. And after, work, after they ate, they went to Sam's to buy some items for, their work, for her work. 
And she had forgotten her credit card, and she had cash with her. So she decided that she would just go ahead and pay the cash. And she paid the cash for the items, and she got a receipt. And she was walking to the door, and she was get, handed the receipt to the person there to mark it and let them know that, you know, everything was cleared. And she was walking out into the parking lot. And when she did, it was a windy day, and she was making the exchange from her hand to her wallet with her receipt. And when that happened, the wind blew and blew her receipt away. She freaked out because in order for her to get reimbursed, she had to have that receipt. And so she started looking. She and her daughter started looking. They started looking under cars. and They could not find the receipt anywhere. And she's like, oh, God, I got to have that receipt. And all of a sudden, a big gust of wind blew after 15 minutes of looking. And all of a sudden, there was a piece of paper that blew up against her ankle, and it was just waving. She reached down and grabbed it, and it was her receipt. And so Diane said, would you look at God? Would you look at, would you just look at God? Amen, everybody. God is moving in your life. He's 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 moving in your life. I want you to know that God is working all the time and you will find him when you look for him. Amen. All those good things that happened to you. It didn't just happen to you. It was God working. So would you look at God? Remember, wise people seek Jesus. What do wise people do, everybody? Seek they seek Jesus. That's right. And what you have to always remember is this, is when I don't understand his plan, I just keep looking for his hand. Amen? Because he's always working. When I don't understand why life is going the way it is, I'm just, God, you're working in here somewhere. You're doing something that I cannot see. Amen, everybody? Amen, amen, amen. I know that God's working. I would tell you this, that Matthew 7 and 7 and 8, that verse you have in your outline says, Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened. Amen, everybody? You see that? I want to tell you that we got to seek. When you seek the Lord, when you look for him, it's when you find him because he's always working. And you see... When you look for the hand of God in everything, you begin to see the hand of God in everything. Did you hear that? But you're never going to see him if you don't look for him. That's the message of the wise men is this. The message that we have is that wise people seek Jesus. They look for him. And when you look for him, you find him. So I challenge you, begin looking for him. Amen. In the little things, you look for him. And it's amazing how you will see him. The second thing I would tell you is this. Number two is that how do you find Jesus? You seek advice from godly people. Oh, my goodness, I hope that you tune in here. Seek advice from godly people. Remember the wise men have made it now, and they're there at Herod's palace. And Herod's freaking out because, you know, Herod doesn't know of any baby being born, any, any priest being born, any great child being born, and he's sort of freaking out. He wants to know where he's at, too. And so Herod, at that point, calls the people who know the Bible. He called them in, and he begins to ask them. Look what he says here. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born, and look what they said. They give him the answer. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this was what the prophet had written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. 
For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. Did you notice that? That they knew exactly because they knew the God, God's word. They went right to God's word to find direction. They went to godly people. What I want you to understand is this, is that the wise men were following that star, and, then, and when they got to Jerusalem, the star went away. They couldn't find the star, and so it, like the light went out. So in order to find out the next direction, they had to ask somebody where to go. What I want to tell you is that there's many seasons in our life that we're following God, and it seems like the light goes out. It seems like that, you know, we're in seasons where God is showing up, showing up, and then we go through those seasons where it seems like God is not showing up, and, and it seems like our prayers are not being answered. It seems like God doesn't hear us. It's like everything goes dark. You know, like that time when that boyfriend or girlfriend walked in and broke your heart and, and broke up with you or did something that hurts you so bad. It's like the light goes out. When that spouse walked in and said, I want a divorce, the light goes out. You know, when that parent says to you that I don't want anything else to do with you and they walk out on you, the light goes out. When that child comes and says, I don't want to live by your standards anymore. I don't want to be around you. I don't want to be a part of this family. The light goes out. When financially, when all of a sudden there's a situation that happens when your engine goes out in your car and you don't have the funds to pay for it, you don't know how you're going to get to work, it's like the light goes out. Is anybody tracking with me right now? Anybody know what I'm talking about? The light goes out. In those moments of discouragement, in those moments of difficulty, is when your faith is going to be challenged. And, and many times, you're not going to see God because you're going to be asking, but you're not going to see Him. In those moments when you do not see the hand of God, you have to trust the plan of God by going to the Word of God. And let me just tell you something. The way you go to the Word of God is you seek people in the church. It's in the church where God's people are that you seek godly advice. Many of us, our lives have been screwed up because we sought advice from ungodly people. Amen, everybody. Listen, ungodly people give ungodly advice. If your marriage is in trouble, don't ask somebody that's been married and divorced 16 times. Listen, if you're struggling, if you're struggling with your parents, don't ask the person who's run away from home 16 times. Come on, somebody. Amen. No, you want to find some godly people to get around. Why? The Bible says this about the church. Look what it says. In Ephesians 3.10, look what the Bible says. It said it was his intent that, the, that now through the church, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. In other words, God pours his wisdom out on the people of God and the church of God. Amen, everybody? And it's in the church where the wisdom of God is released. And in my life, I can tell you that when I didn't know what to do in my marriage, and you look at Ron and I, you think, oh, they've never had a problem in their life. No, we're jacked up. <laughs> Just like you. You don't have it all together. 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 And you don't have it all together. We're all messed up. 
And so we're just getting through this thing together, amen? And I can tell you, it's in the church where I met people that could say, hey, why don't you try this? And I can tell you that I listened to the godly people, and it changed my marriage. I can tell you when we need, we, our finances were so messed up, and we couldn't get it together. It was godly people in the church that showed us how to get on track with our finances. Everything in my life that's blessed me and made me who I am has come through the wisdom of God's people in the church. In the church, it's not from calling Dr. Laura. Oh, I'm dating myself, I guess now. It's not calling into a talk radio. It's not another, it's not another out there podcast. It's not looking to the stars. No, no, no. It's looking for people like you who have been through it, who have discovered. And let me just tell you something. The favor of God is on my life because I have listened to people who have been favored by God. And when I have done what, they, what they've instructed me to do through God's Word, it has changed my life for the good. And it's always made me better. It, not always, it didn't always feel good, but it always turned out good. And that only comes from seeking godly people. Amen, everybody? Amen, amen and amen. So, <clears throat> I want to give you a challenge. The favor of God is on our church, everybody. I, 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 don't, I don't say that arrogantly. I'm just telling you. The favor of God is on our church. If you don't believe it, give us one year. Give us one year. You give us one year and let us help you learn what it means to be a Christian, that you, you connect with God daily through prayer. You grow by reading the Bible and gathering with God's people. You serve in God's church and share God's, you serve in God's church and our community. And you share uh, God's message and your resources generously then you will find that opportunity for a better life that only comes through Jesus Christ. Give us one year. If you, if you, listen, there's 52 weeks in a year in 2023. Why don't you decide that 40 of those weeks I'm going to be in God's house? 40 of those weeks I'm going to be, and you watch what will happen to your life. You watch what will happen to your family. It will just be a, a transformation that we can't explain. It's the Holy Spirit, everybody. It's God's favor. I want you to have God's favor. And the way that, the way that we say, listen, we want you. We, I, I want nothing from me. I don't, listen, you come into 40 weeks, that doesn't help me. It helps you. You know what I'm talking about? I want something for you, nothing from you. I want something for you. And what I'm, the, what I'm sharing with you is that we want you and the way you say we want to be a part of that is that we call it being members. Membership means something. It means I'm a part of something. See, it's when you attach yourself to something that's godly, you begin to move in godly ways. Amen, everybody? And that's what membership is. And the way that you become a member of Stockbridge Community is we call it growth track. We start right there at growth track. I want to challenge you. Why don't you go ahead and sign up for growth track and let's just see what God will do. And listen, if you tried at the end of the year, it didn't work for you, just come and tell me, Jeff, I tried it. I was here, and nothing changed. Just let me know. Just, it didn't work. 
But if it did work, I want you to come tell me. Because <laughs> I done met too many of you. Every one of you that made that commitment, your life's changed. I've seen it from 10 years old to 80-year-old. The lives have changed. I want change for your life in a good way. So sign up. On the back of your connection card, you can check the box to sign up for Growth Track. I wish you would do that. I want to ask you a question. What does wise people do? Come on, somebody. What does wise people do? That's right. They seek Jesus. That's what wise people do. They seek Jesus. The third thing I would share with you is this, that we learn from the wise men is choose godly, choose God's word as your guide. Choose God's word as your guide. I almost got into this a little bit earlier. I had to restrain myself. Look what he says. Again, King Herod speaking to the wise men. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and make a careful search for the child. And as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them. Did you notice that? Look what happened. Once they obeyed God's word, the light turned back on. Did you see that? It went ahead of them until it stopped of the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were what, everybody? Overjoyed. Now, notice what happened. King Herod called the religious people in, and they went, and they got the Bible out, and they said, yeah, oh, he's going to be born in Bethlehem. That's where he's going to be born at. And they heard the word, and they let God's word guide them. When the light was out, when the light went out and they couldn't see God's hand, they trusted God's word. And that's what I want to tell you, is that if you will trust God's word, when the light, it seems like nothing's working in your life, you keep reading and getting God's Word. It will guide you to the right place, everybody. Amen. Now, the, we got a problem. And the problem is this, is that we don't trust God's Word. You know, you know what I, I think I figured out? It's because we've had parents to lie to us. We've had pastors to lie to us. We've had people that we respected to lie to us and break our hearts and hurt us. So therefore, the people that we're supposed to respect the most on this earth have let us down. Therefore, we think that God will let us down. Let me tell you something, my friend. This word never changes. I may, I may hurt you. I may let you down, but God will never let you down. You can trust his word. You can trust his word. It's eternal. It will never let you down. And I want to tell you, your parents may have let you down. Somebody else may have let you down, your kids. But God's word, and let me just say something. God is not, we are not equal with God. You understand that, everybody? Hey, God's here and we're here. But God's word will never let you down. You can always trust it to be your guide. Never equate God's word with people. Amen, everybody? You can trust God's Word, and it's God's Word that will guide you. The psalm said in Psalm 119, 105, Thy Word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. And when I don't know what to do, I just keep reading the Bible. And it's amazing how that the light of God comes on inside of me, and somehow He'll send somebody my way, or something will work out if I'll just stay in His Word, everybody. Stay in his word. Listen, 
You're, you're listening to a pastor who believes in reading the Bible. Amen? This is soul food, baby. I'm talking about this, I, I, this book is precious. I mean, you can't have it. It's precious. It's powerful. Let me tell you something. Are you ready for something exciting? You know what we're going to do? We are going to, we're going to, we're going to bless our church and our community by doing something great. The Bible says that the word of God is powerful, sharper than any double-edged sword. That it goes and accomplishes what it's supposed to do. And so when you speak it or when you read it, it's like, man, spiritual stuff is coming out of you. So we're going to read the Bible. In January, when we start our 21 days of prayer and fasting, we're going to read the Bible from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation in 21 days. Now, some of you are like, how in the world can we do that? I just heard that. You went, whoa. <laughs> well, we're not going to do it by ourselves. I need about 300 of you to help me. Because you see, you're going to read four chapters, and you're going to read four chapters, 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 and you're going to read four chapters. And when 300 of us do that, we'll read the whole Bible in 21 days. Now, let me just tell you something. You say, four chapters. You're thinking about your little love novel. It's 40 40 pages in one chapter. No, 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 no. The Bible chapters are not that long. They're not that long. And so what we're going to do is we're going to have parking spaces in our parking lot out here that's going to have places for you to come and read the Bible. And then through our office hours, you can come into the auditorium and read the Bible. And so you can read your portion whenever you choose to. So in 21 days, if you get four chapters and you just want to stop by the church and you want to read that chapter, you know, like one, you come and you stay for 15 minutes and you read two chapters. Well, you can come back three days later and you read the other two chapters or whatever you want to do. But the whole Bible will be read on our property. When we read out loud God's Word, you know what? Hell shudders. Amen, everybody? Because, listen, you get, you, you get it right when you read God's Word. And we want to unleash the spiritual power of God over our church and over our community. And there's not a better way than just reading out loud God's Word. In 21 days, we'll read the Bible from cover to cover. Aren't you excited about that? I don't think you are. <laughs> I'm giving you an opportunity to be a part of something great. You look back in generations, you say, you know what? Our church read the Bible in 21 days, cover to cover, and I was a part of it. Don't worry about pronouncing all the names right. It don't matter. If you get to a word you can't understand, just say watermelon. It's all right. God will know what you mean. <laughs> Amen, everybody. Some people, I, I got to move on, but some people, they get, they say, well, I just, I can't pronounce that name, so I can't read the Bible. Forget it. That's all right. Call him Jim John. It don't matter. Move on. Amen. So what I want you to do, I'm going to ask you to help me. On the back of this card right here, it says, sign me up. I will participate in reading the whole Bible, uh, the whole Bible as a church during 21 days of prayer. Uh, come on, somebody. Let's do it. Let's empty hell and fill heaven. Amen, everybody? Amen. Come on, you can do it. You can drive. I hope to drive by the church sometimes at midnight. Some people out here park with a little light on reading the Bible. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? You can be a part of that. Let's do it. Okay, number four. The last one is this. How to find you. Oh, before, I've got to ask you a question. What do wise people do? Seek Jesus. Seek Jesus. That's what wise people do. That's right. 
How to find Jesus? Open your heart to Jesus. Look what happened here. So the wise man, the light comes back on. After, it's amazing, getting back in God's Word, getting God's Word, turn the light back on. On coming to the house, the Bible says in verse 11, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Let me stop right there. These people, the only reason they got to talk to Herod was because they were respected people. And Herod thought that he would up his reputation by allowing them to come into his palace. So they were that kind of people. And so here they come into this lowly house. It's probably some kind of shack. Probably now Jesus is not, no longer in the manger. They've got a little house. It's probably some kind of little rundown shack. And what do they do when they get there and they see Jesus? They bow down and they worship him. You know you can't bow down unless you slow down. You know, I, um, I pray for you often, all the time. I believe in reading the Bible, and I believe in praying. I don't believe just talking about it. I believe in doing it. Every morning, I've had a habit of doing that for years and years and years. Tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock, I'll be talking to God about you. A few years, about two years ago, Rhonda and I sold our house, and we moved into a smaller house because we're building one down here. And everything's jammed together. I mean, every, you can't hardly move in that little house. It's so small. And I, had my, I used to have my own office in my little private space, you know. I'd go into it at, at, at 5.50 in the morning. I'd go in there and I'd have my little time. Well, this crowded and I don't have that little space. And so I got a little chair and I was telling our staff how that I get on my knees and I, I pray. And I said, you know, it's on that old hardwood floor. My knees hurt. And then two days later, something showed up at my house. I said, Ron, do you order something? I don't order anything. Well, what's in it? What's this box out here? And I get it, and this is in the box. Kneeling pads. Kneeling pads. And I want you to know that after I told that story to our staff about where I was at, that one of our staff members, Emma, I call her Emma Jean, Emma went on Amazon that day, and she ordered it. She never told me. I just got in the mail, and it was needling pads. I said, and it had her name. I said, Emma, thank you for those needling pads. She said, Pastor, we need you praying. <laughs> we need you praying. Don't let no hardwood floor stop you. She said, we need you praying. And I want you to know that sometimes you need to get on your knees before God. You see, we're so used to microwaving it, baby. But there's nothing like a crock pot. Amen? And sometimes you need to bow. You need to stop and you need to bow. And when you get on your knees... And you bow yourself before God. You are humbling yourself before his mighty hand. And the Bible says that when you humble yourself before God and his mighty hand, that he will exalt you in due time. And those wise men who had everything realized they had nothing without him. And they bowed down and they worshiped him. They got on their knees. They opened their hearts to God. And right now, 
There's some of you in this room, and there's some of you watching online right now. The truth of the matter is that you're hard-hearted to God. You've shut Him out. There's some of you that aren't even, you don't even call Him your Savior. Right now! I'm on my knees right now asking you, open your heart. Wise people seek Jesus. They, they bow down, they open their heart. If that's you, if that's you today that you don't know Jesus is your Savior, you'll never know what I'm talking about. You won't know the joy. Would you bow your heads, everybody right now, bow your heads with me. If that's you, right now, would you just say these words, not even out loud, but in your heart, dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Forgive me of my sins. I'm so sorry. I've been trying to do it my way. And it's not working. Forgive me. Save me, Jesus. Save me. Thank you for saving me. Amen and amen. Amen, everybody. Come on, let's give God a hand for all those people that prayed that prayer. If you pray that prayer with us today, check it on this card. We want everybody to turn this card in because we believe you're worth praying over. But check it on this card that you prayed the prayer to become a Christ follower. I want to send you something in the mail. One last thing. Here we go. Notice the rest of that verse, what the wise men did. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, of incense, and of myrrh. What you may not know about this Christmas story is that they gave him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And what you may not understand is this. Is as soon as those wise men didn't go back to Herod, Herod got mad. Because he said, there's a, there's a king being born. I don't want anybody being born. I'm too insecure for that. So he had an order given out that every child two years of age and under would be killed. So God woke Joseph up in a dream and told him he had to flee and go to Egypt. The only way that Joseph had the funds to go to Egypt was because he had gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Those wise men, when they opened their hearts to God and they bowed down, they decided that they would open up their wallets to him as well. You see, there's a string between your wallet and your heart. And when they gave, look what happened. Their giving delivered Jesus out of the hands of Herod. It was their money that they gave. They bowed their hearts, but the money that they gave, the things that they gave, delivered him out of the hands of Herod. It made a way where he could escape. Here's what I want to tell you. You see those mangers behind us right here? Next week, we're going to have these mangers out, and we're going to receive an offering. We do it once a year. I want to tell you what your offering is going to do. They are young ladies right now and young men that are, are slaves to sex trafficking You're, that are in it right now and your dollars that you give next week are going to go to help our partners who are rescuing those young ladies and some young men out of that what I'm telling you the dollars that you give next week will set somebody free within two weeks they will not be slaves anymore because your dollars are going to go where you can't go and do what you can't do Watch this. What I'm telling you through that manger offering, 
is that there's people that are hungry and they have nothing to eat. Because of your giving, within two weeks, they're going to have food that will sustain them and get them through. It's going to deliver them out of hunger. There are women right now that are being abused and, and some men in domestic violence. And they have nowhere to go and no hope. But because of your giving and because of what you're doing, we're going su- to support a ministry partner that helps give those ladies a place to go and that they can get free from that person that's abusing them. What I'm telling you, your dollars are going to deliver them out. And that's what your money's going to do. One more thing. There's some little kids right now that are running around in Ukraine without a home because those evil people have blown their homes up. Their moms and dads have died in a war that they chose, they didn't choose. And they have nowhere to go. But let me tell you something. Your dollars, your dollars, your dollars, your dollars, your dollars, your dollars and my dollars are going to go there. We got boots on the ground right now. And guess what? After we give this offering, the following week they'll have the funds to give them a place to go and food to eat. You're going to deliver those people. That's what the church does, everybody. The church brings people up. Come on, stand with me. You know what? I know I got to let you go. The words of Moses, God said to uh, Moses, said to Pharaoh, let my people go. That's what I got to do. But I wanted to do something different today. I want you to leave with the spirit of Christmas. When those wise men saw that star again, they were overjoyed. And they begin to, they begin to, something happened in our life. And so today I want us to share that joy. And so I want us to sing that song, Joy to the World. Now listen, they're going to start us, but I want you to sing it. Not sing it, sing it, all right? And so I would like for you to do that today. So would you, would you be the choir today? And would you sing this with us? Come on, sing it out loud. We want to hear you today. Come on, bring it. You guys ready? Here we go. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Come on, sing it out. Let
That's so great. good. It did. That was a good choir. Can we do that first one again? Oh, yeah. You ready? Let's go. Come on, one more time. Joy to the world. We can do it. We can do it. Ready? Here we go. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let us receive her King. Come on, sing it, everybody. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.